us that God's Word, every word is inspired by God. Every word. Uh, that, that leads me to believe that every word is inspired by God. I don't have any problem with that. And it says it is profitable. The Word of God is profitable for instruction, for correction, rebuke, and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, that means simply this, that there's times that the Word of God comforts us, times the Word of God uh, thrills us, but there's also times the Word of God instructs us, corrects us in things that, we're, that we need correction in. So this morning, with that thought in mind, I'm going to preach a message or share a message with you, whichever way you want to receive it, that is very needful in our day and time. A lot of folks don't like this kind of preaching and teaching. Uh, and a lot of preachers don't like to do it because they get labeled. Now, you can label me whatever you want to. But when it's all said and done and shook out, you're going to have to label me a man of God that's not afraid of the Word of God. Okay? The message today is twofold. Twofold. We're going to be talking about giving. We're going to be talking about money. We're going to be talking about tithing, offering. And it's twofold. And it's to encourage those who are giving to continue to give. And then it's to encourage those who are not giving, or not giving as they should, to start giving, or to do the things that they should in relation to finances in the kingdom of God. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke... One out of every six verses deal with money. That don't mean you'll read five verses and the six is going to do about money. or that. But, but of all the verses put together, the ones that have to do with money, one out of every six uh, does that. And of the 29 parables that's recorded that Jesus told, 16 of them deal with a person and his money. In the book of Proverbs, and we've said this a lot of times, the book of Proverbs deals with the three M's. It deals with your mouth, because it talks about how we talk and the words we say. It deals with your morals because it has a whole lot to deal with in the area of lust and, and things of that nature. But also the book of Proverbs has a lot to deal with about your money. And uh, in many places it talks about money. And so we should not be afraid to talk about money because, you see, if we go to Walmart, you know what the bottom line is at Walmart? It's not the greeter standing at the door and saying, y'all have a good day. It's money. That's the bottom line. Matter of fact, truth known, if you go in Walmart and don't spend any money, they'd rather you not even use their bathroom. Because it's taking part of their money, you see. So everything in life touches money, regardless of what it is. Everything has to do with money. It has to do with finances. And sometimes we need to... We need to go back to the Word of God for instruction and understanding and sometimes even rebuke and correction. And it's not my desire today to rebuke you, but we'll just let the Word of God be the Word of God. And when we do that, then everything will be okay, right? So open your Bible if you haven't already. We've been talking about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, there are principles and laws that govern the kingdom of God. In Colossians chapter 1, we want to look there first, chapter 1, 
and verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet or worthy to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. So we're in the kingdom of God. If you're born again, you're in the kingdom of God now. Now one day, we're not going to be in the, go to the kingdom of God. We're going to go to heaven one day. But we're in the kingdom of God now. Another scripture says that our citizenship is in heaven. And so we need to, if our citizenship is in heaven and we're ambassadors on this earth, then we need to live like the mother country would have us to live and live according to those laws. Now let me rehearse this just for a moment. Uh, number one is that one of the laws of the kingdom is the law of love. And we're commanded to love. Everything in the kingdom has to do with love. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, to hear, O Israel, and know the Lord thy God is one, and thou shalt love him with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and Luke adds, and with all thy strength. And then he said, the second one is like this, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And he said, on these two hang all the law and the prophets. Well, when we come on over and look in the kingdom a little bit further about this law of love, Jesus brought that a little bit more personal in John chapter 13 when he said this. He said, as I have loved you, love one another. Chapter 15, he said, as I have loved you, love one another. Now, that's a higher kind of love that we're to have. So, uh, the law of love. And, and then we talked about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. How that that law, Jesus coming and instituting the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Everything that sin and death has to do and touches, folks, I'm set free from that. But the problem is, like Paul said to Galatian people, he said, I, I marvel. He said, I, set you, I got you set free. I give you the Word of God. You moved into an area of liberty. But he said, after you moved into that, somehow or another you let yourself get bound down in bondage again. Now, we're not, we're not putting people in bondage. But we're trying to help us understand what the Word of God says and what the Word of God does. We're not, you see, if I were to get up here and start preaching animal sacrifice and circumcision to be right with God, then I'd be putting you in bondage. We're not going to preach either one of those, okay? Because that's not, that's not the Word of God for us today. So, but the, but the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death and everything that it carries, everything that's attached to that, and the number one thing is condemnation. So we're free from all of that. And, and the other things that we looked at, last week we talked about the first part of this law of the heart. And, and one thing that I want to just mention again is this. We say that we reap what we sow, and that's true. We're going to see that in a minute. But another thing that, that people, they, they take that and they begin to feel like, man, what have I done to deserve this? What did I do? And they rack and rack and rack. But there's times, and we found this out last week in Matthew 13, there's times the enemy comes and sows seed in our field that we didn't plant. Because you remember it says that, that, that the farmer sowed good seed. But while he slept, the enemy came and sowed tares. Tares are bad seed. And then as Jesus was explaining that, he said the enemy is the devil. And there's been seeds that have been sown in a field where we've also sown that, that are bad seed, 
And, and, but, and the problem with that is some of us just harvested those things. We took it up, picked it up, picked it up from somebody else, and that got intermingled with our good seed and, and eventually overcame the good seed. Now, let me, let me just go ahead and say this while I'm right here. This wasn't in my message for today, but let me just share this with you. If you have plant, if you have if you look out and you see that there's bad seed coming up, what you need to do is to continue to sow good seed. Sow good seed in the face of problems, in the face of circumstances. Whether you had anything to do with it or not, you keep sowing good seed because I, I'm convinced that if you get enough beans planted thick enough in a row, it'll choke the grass out. You follow what I'm saying? I, I, I experienced it. I've seen that. I had a row of bunch beans, and, uh, or bush beans, whichever way you want to call them, just, just green beans that grows low to the ground. Right? They're not as much fun to pick as them others are, but anyway, they were down there. And you know, right in that row, there was hardly, and they were planted thick, right in that row, there was hardly any grass or weeds at all. But all around it there was, but right where that was at. So if I keep sowing good seed and keep sowing good seed and keep sowing good seed, after a while it's going to begin to choke out the bad seed. So we need to remember that. So let me, let me go on here. Today we're going to talk more about the law of the harvest. And, uh, and I, I, didn't know, I didn't know whether to put this in at the first of the message or the last of the message. I thought if I put it in at the last of the message you'd leave mad. But if I put it in the first of the message, I got the whole rest of the message to try to get you feeling good again. Okay? So, now I don't believe you're going to leave mad. Don't get me wrong. But I want to start out talking about the law of the harvest today in relation to tithes and offerings. Now, we're, we're told that this is to be a part of our Christian life, tithes and offerings. And people say, well, there's just not a whole lot about it in the New Testament. Well, let me, let me come to this too. Do you believe that uh, it's okay for us to have musical instruments in the church? Now, I'm using this just as a parable to help us see. Do you believe it's okay for us to have musical instruments in the church? You know, not one place in the New Testament does it say to have musical instruments in the church. But it does say to sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord. And you know why we do musical instruments in the church? It's not because we're trying to compete with a honky-tonk. But the reason musical instruments began to be used in the church was because they were used in the Old Testament to complement and help implement praise and worship to Almighty God. Now, I believe and there's several things that are taught in the Old Testament that we still need to, to, to honor and live by and look at today. And, and we got this idea, well, we're in the New Testament, we're under grace, we've been set free from all of that. Well, we've been set free from the ceremonial, sacrificial part of that because Jesus ended all of that when he came. But the moral aspects and the, and the things in relation that talk about our relationship with God, folks, they're still there. And the thing about it is, they couldn't live up to it in the Old Testament, but because we have grace... We're able to live up to it because of the grace of Almighty God. And it's not, let me remind you again, it's not that we get up every day and we've got a checklist, well, I've got to do this and do this and do this and do this. We just get up and live according to the grace of God. And these things begin to happen and take place in our life. But we need instruction in it. We need instruction. That's just like you take a child. You know, I know they're teaching Elijah how to talk. 
I can hardly understand him at this point in time. I, I guess you got him all figured out, hadn't you, Jody? Okay. I can hardly understand him. But if they were to just say, oh, don't worry about him talking, he'll learn to talk one of these days. Without teaching him to talk and without helping him learn to say words, then he may pick up some words after a while. Of course, you know, I've learned this, that a child that's left to their self, they'll pick up words you don't want them to pick up. I'm sure Elijah hadn't done any of that yet, has he? <laughs> so, children, children will learn. They'll, but, and so, when it comes to the Word of God, we receive instruction because we want to know the right way to do it. And, and so God is trying to teach us these things. So when we come to the subject of tithing, we go back to some Scripture in the Old Testament. One is Proverbs chapter 3. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, he said, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of all thine increase. Now the first fruit is the tithe. The tithe equals out to a tenth, but it's not just any tenth you want to throw in the bucket. It's the first tenth. All through the Bible, you'll find that they brought the first. They brought the first. They brought the first. And it was the first that they had. And, and so, honor uh, the Lord your substance, the first fruit of all of thy increase. And I want you to notice something, too. Everywhere that God gives an instruction about money, He also gives a promise of a blessing in relation to that. So, you know, and we need to expect people to say, oh, you ought not expect anything when you give. Well, what did that verse right there say? If I give, and God expects me to give, and I give and honor Him with my giving, then I'm not wrong to expect the increase coming back. That'd be, that'd be something like go out and, and, you know, tomatoes. I showed some of you a picture of my two-pound tomato before church. I got one that weighs about two pounds. Big old, big old tomato. Anyway, and I go out there and I'll plant seed in the ground. Well, I'm going to plant these seeds because it's so nice. And I really don't expect them to do anything. I'm just not expecting any tomatoes back, maybe one or two. But no, that doesn't make sense, does it? When I sow, I expect to harvest. I expect to be able to go out and to reap. When I sow, sow words of kindness, I expect the harvest to come back to me. I don't expect everybody that I see to bite my head off. And these people get up and man, everybody I talk to, they bit my head off. Well, how many heads did you bite off? That's something to think about, isn't it? When I speak words of kindness, I expect words of kindness. When I sow love, I expect love to come back. When I do good deeds, I expect good deeds to come back. And when I sow finances, I expect finances to come back. Some way or another. And let me tell you this. God is not going to counterfeit, and He does not have a mint in heaven raining down money on this earth. And we'll show some things here in a minute. So we're told to honor the Lord with our substance and the first fruit, the tithe of all of our increase. Every week, every two weeks, or every month, when you get your check, you have received an increase. Yeah, but I owe all of that. Well, regardless of that, you have received an increase. Now, there's something that you need to do because of that increase. And that's in Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 and 10. Will a man rob God? Well, not one of us would, would we? Intentionally. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have you robbed thee? Have we robbed thee? And listen to what he said. In tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, even this whole nation. You have robbed me, 
Bring ye all the tithe. Now here's the, here's the antidote for what he just talked about. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and pr- prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, he, he told us plainly to bring all the tithe in the storehouse. Now, you know it's not left up for me to decide what I do with my tithe. The only decision there is to make is bring it into the storehouse. Well, you say, well, where is the storehouse? In the storehouse, the kingdom of God. Well, in one sense of the word, we could say yes. But the storehouse is where you get the needed supply for what you need. And that needed supply, you know, it could be friendship and fellowship that you get when you come to church. You know, you can watch the TV preacher. You can get instruction. You can get some things going there. But you don't get any fellowship out of that. You know, and we need fellowship. Uh, not only that, but we need to be in church because he also said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Also, uh, you, from the storehouse, you receive the Word of God. And here I'd like to feel like that we receive the, the uncompromised Word of God. So we receive the Word of God here. We receive fellowship. You receive spiritual food, and you receive natural things. And here, here's something else. Uh, not only that, but, but you have somebody that is there for you when you need them. You can call them. They'll pray with you, pray for you, come to your house, stand with you when you're sick, visit you in the hospital, uh, stand with you when you're buried, and, and, you know, and, and when you're married, all of those kind of things. That, so this is what I'm saying is that is this is a storehouse. Why is it a storehouse? Well, because it meets all those requirements, and not only that, but because God has set victory fellowship. He anointed this place. He appointed this place. That's the reason it's still standing today. It's because this is, this is where God set. And you that come here, this is your storehouse. And so he said, bring all your tithe into the storehouse. And you say, well, I give more than a tithe, and that's good. I do too. Tithe is where we need to start. That's, that's the starting point of our giving and giving unto the Lord. Uh, see, and, and another thing, there's a blessing connected with tithing. A blessing with that. Just like I told you, everywhere he said to give, there's a blessing involved in that. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, he said give. Don't go there yet, Joe. He said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. So every time he says, Give, he announces a blessing back with that. And here he says, uh, When the windows of heaven are open, he said, Then I'll pour you out a blessing, there shall not be room enough to receive. That's a pretty good blessing, isn't it? And he said, Not only that, but he said uh, in verse 11, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither cast your vine. Shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. So you say, well, man, I tithe and stuff tears up. Well, but the thing about it is, stuff tears up, but God always makes provision, right? Things that man builds is going to decay man's way. And we need to realize things that sometimes things are going to wear out. I believe that people that tithe, things will last longer, especially the essential necessary things in life will last longer, and, and things will come with that. Uh, increases in, in finances and increases in, in pay and benefits and things of that nature will come on account of it. See, we have an, have an open window from heaven 
the devourer will be uh, rebuked and we'll be called blessed. Blessed. Folks, we live in a blessed nation. Blessed above all the nations of the earth. Now, I know there's other nations that have more money than we do because if it wasn't for China, I don't know what this government would be doing right now. Do you? China's sustaining this government. But when you come down to everything else in the personal life and things of that nature, Americans are far more blessed than Chinese people are or any other people on the face of this earth. We're blessed because we're in America. So, But I want to be blessed not just because I'm in America, but because I'm in the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, one way to know that those financial blessings come is by me to get involved in tithes and offerings. Now, there's a blessing involved with tithing, but there's also a curse. You say, wait a minute, preacher, we're, under, we're not under the law. It's not only a curse. Well, I'm not talking about a curse to the point to where, you know, somebody points a finger at you and say, you're cursed. That's not what I'm talking about. When, when he said in Deuteronomy 28, or Deuteronomy 30, he said, I set before you this day the way of life and blessings, the day of death and curses. God's never closed any one of those doors. They're both of them still going. The gates are still open. It's up to us to choose which way to go. And if we don't choose to walk in that right path, and tithes and offerings is part of walking in that right path, then there's, there's curse, a curse that can come. Now, let me show you something. The tithe is holy to the Lord. In Leviticus uh, chapter 27, verse 30, and he said, In all the tithes of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the, of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. It means it's set apart unto the Lord. He's talking about the tithe, the first ten. It's holy, set apart unto the Lord. Now, anything that's holy and set apart to God can become a curse if we use it and don't do what we're supposed to with it. And Judges... Chapter 6, the children of Israel were getting ready to go into the promised land. And they had gone in, and they came to Jericho. And, and they marched around. God told them, said, now go out and march one time every day around Jericho. And on the seventh day, march seven times around. Had the priest to blow the trumpet. When they blow the trumpet, the walls will fall. God has given you the city. But he gave them some instructions. He said, but take, don't take any of that stuff in there and bring it back into the camp of the children of Israel. But he said, but bring the gold, the silver, the brass, the vessels of iron. All of these are consecrated unto the Lord, holy, set apart to the Lord, and they shall come into the treasure of the house of the Lord. Well, you know the story. As you look on over in chapter 7, Achan, in the battle, he saw a pretty garment. And the children of Israel, let me back up here a minute, Children of Israel went after Jericho. They went to Ai, sent a few men, and they got beat. Joshua said, God, there's something wrong. And God said, well, there's sin in the camp. And here's why. Here's what had happened. Achan was the one that did it. And when he said this, And when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment, that wasn't the part that got him so much in trouble as the next part, and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold, which had been set apart as being holy unto the Lord, I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under. Well, you know that story, how they went, and they found it, and they come back, 
And Achan had to pay a supreme price on account of that. Folks, when, we, when, when God has given an instruction and we commit to that in our Christian life, it gets pretty serious. God takes that pretty serious. If you don't believe that, read in Acts chapter 5 about Ananias and Sapphira. That, that you know, they made a commitment and then didn't follow through with it. And you know the rest of that story. And I'm not telling you this today. If you don't give, you're going to die. I'm not saying that. Don't, don't, don't. You know, I'm not. That's not what I'm doing. I used to tell people years ago that, that if you don't tithe, God's going to get it somehow. I used to tell people that. I was ignorant. Okay? Ignorant in that. I pastored in Mississippi, and the thing about it, I preached about tithing over there one day, and I wasn't even tithing. Boy, that's a hypocrite, isn't it? I was guilty. Maybe I've been guilty of a few other things, too, all right? But I was guilty that day. I was, and I preached about tithing, and I said this. If you don't tithe, God's going to get it somehow. I mean, there may be sickness, your automobile may break down, house burn up, something, but God's going to get that tithe. And, that, you know, that was ignorance on my part. That night, one of the teenage girls in our church had an attack of appendicitis. And her mother put her in the car, taken her to the hospital, and on the way to the hospital, she looked at her mama and said, Mama, did you tithe today? <laughs> but, folks, when we know, here's the thing about it, when we know that something is right and we don't do it, then it brings into an area of sin. And, and, and the book of uh, James tells us, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him is a sin. So, we need to be involved in tithing. See, tithing is the first tenth. It's not what's left over. And here's the thing about it. It's not an overnight get-rich scheme. It's not something that you, give, that you give a tithe today, and next week all of a sudden your boss is going to give you a $1,000 bonus. Now, that may happen. I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but tithing is not an overnight get-rich scheme. It's a way of life you commit to and walk in it. Can I tell you this? I wished I had known, I, I wished I had began, when I first made Jesus Lord of my life, I wished that I had begun tithing instead of waiting 10, 11 years down the road to start that. Because it was such a struggle. And, and I know how that thing is. I know what it is. Every time I go to write out our tithe check and, and on Sunday morning, the devil comes and says, you know, boy, just think all you could do with that money. Yeah, I'm tithed with it. And I've got to where I tell him when he really gets tough on me, if you don't shut up, I'm going to make it for more. That, that stops that conversation. It stops it right then. So anyway, twofold purpose. Now I want to encourage you. Listen to this. The laws of the harvest are this. We've stated them before, but we're just going to go quickly back through this. You reap what you sow. Galatians chapter 6, and I didn't get into that scripture, did I? I, didn't, I skipped on past that one altogether. But anyway, Galatians chapter 6 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now that's the Word of God. You don't care what version, translation, or whatever you come up with, that's the Word of God. You reap what you sow. You reap only after you sow. I'm eating tomatoes today because I planted for some seeds for them at the first of March. Okay? I'm, I'm enjoying the blessings of God. I'm enjoying some financial things today. And I'm not rich. Please understand that. 
But I'm enjoying some financial things today because we sowed in years past. And many can, can give that. Ron gave a testimony the other day at our campfire cookout how that, that whenever uh, his, his wife, Dunny, was, said that they felt like they needed the tithe, he just didn't understand that. And at the end of the year, they ended up with more than they ever had. And they just kept tithing and tithing and tithing and giving and giving and giving, even to today. They give, give, give. And, and Bobby could give you the same testimony. I'm not going to let her, but she could give you the same testimony because she'd probably take more than a minute to do that. Okay? <laughs> but, but she started tithing. And, and it come on, and, and her husband, uh, he, he sees to it that she ties. And, 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 and folks, I'll go on, I could go on and on with that. But what I'm saying is here's people that tithe and are blessed in their giving. And when it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. But folks, if it's blessed to give, more blessed to give, it's got to be at least blessed to receive. So anyway, you reap only after you sow. You reap the same kind that you sow. So love, you reap love. You sow hate, you reap hate. You sow good, you reap good. You sow finances, you reap finances. Here's another thing. You reap more than you sow. Now get a hold of this. Now, I know several of you do more than a tithe, and, and, and I know God appreciates that, and He blesses you in relation to that. But let's just come back to that tithe, that tenth. If you make $100, and you give $10 of that, that's your tithe, that's the seed that you're planting today, then the next week, you get $100. You say, well, I get that whether I tithe or not. But, but what security do you have? What's going to happen if next week you don't get that $100? Hmm? What happens? You've got, you have given a seed, you've got a harvest planted, and you've got God to rely on. If you're not giving, if you're not sowing seed, God will bless you, and in His grace things will come to you. But folks, let me tell you, when we get involved in God's plan, God gets involved in our plans. So you reap more than you sow, some 30, some 60, some 100, the parable tells us. You reap in proportion to what you sow. Second Corinthians Chapter 9, verse 6 says, Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Let me, let me give you a little clue about that right there. If I make $1,000 a week and I give $50, I'm not giving bountifully. If somebody makes $500 a week and their tithe is $50, they're giving bountifully. They're giving in relation to what they have. And as they're giving in that relation, then they're opening themselves up for more bounty to come to them. So this, this is just the way the kingdom of God works. We, we've, we've looked down on it. We've, we've tried to neglect it. We've tried to walk away from it. Tried to make it on our own and, and, and out, of, out of our own scheming. But folks, this is the way the kingdom of God works. When we sow bountifully in proportion and in relation to what we have, that's bountifully then we reap bountifully. And I wrote this down. Reaping, that's not where I wrote that down at. <laughs> if you sow, I got it here somewhere. Thank you, Lord. You sow more good seed bountifully, you'll sow less bad seed. That's what I was going to say. The more good you do, the less bad that's going to take place. But the more bad seed you sow through words, deeds, actions, attitudes, motivations, then 
the less good seed there's going to be. You're going to reap a bountiful harvest of bad, very little harvest of good. You sow good, you're going to reap a bountiful harvest of good, very little harvest of bad. Now, I like that attitude, don't you? I like that kind of thing to come along. Uh, Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Not like for like, not thing for thing, but good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Or the same amount you give, the way you give, the attitude you have, the heart you have, is the way that it's going to come back to you, and more come to sight. Also, another thing that we need to realize is you reap in a different season than you sow. Harvest time is always future from sowing time. It reminds you again of Genesis 8, 22, that said, uh, God said, as long as the earth remains, that there would be seed, time, and harvest. And you, you think about that. There'd be seed, that's planting, time, the interval between, and the harvest. It don't mean it's going to come today but it means it's going to come. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. Galatians 6, 9, and the Amplified, I didn't put it in Amplified, but Galatians 6, 9 says, In due season, in due season, let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season. Due season means at the right time, the appropriate time, the time that's needful, that it'll come forth. But here's a problem that we have sometimes while we're waiting on due season to come. While we're waiting on harvest to get here, we dig up our seed. Now, I've tried this before. You plant seed in the ground. If you go out there trying to dig around and see if those seeds are sprouting, you're going to kill the germination in that seed. They're not going to come up like they need to. A lot of people are digging up the seeds of what they're doing by their attitudes, by the words they speak. People who give a tithe and offering on Sunday mornings and all week long talk about how broke they are, how poor they are. Poor me. Can't hardly make it. And what you're doing when you do that with your words, you're digging up the effect that the seed could have. You, uh, you know, you, you believe God for healing. And your harvest is that you want to be healed. And the seed that you sow is the Word of God concerning healing. Well, you have to keep that out there. But every time that you turn around, somebody says, how are you today? Oh, I just believe I'm the worst I've ever been. You're digging up your seed. See, once we sow a seed, whether it's word or deed or money, the thing that we need to do is to let that seed germinate and grow. In Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29, he said, And he said, So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and, and grow up. He knoweth not how. He's not out there trying to dig it up and see how all of this is coming to pass. He just planted it, and he goes on with his life. Getting up, going to bed. Getting up, going to bed. He knows there's going to be a harvest after a while. He just plants the seed and, and gets up and goes to bed and takes care of what he needs to. And uh, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put it in the sickle because the harvest is come. There's a whole lot of things that I'd like to, I'd like to say and share with you here. One thing that you need to be understanding about is that reaping requires effort. I, I shared with you how I was out picking beans. 
I was picking the beans there, and I was thinking about harvest and things of that nature. And, and God just spoke to me and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm picking beans. Picking beans. And then I began to realize, hey, these beans are not just falling in my bucket. You got that? That simply means this. If you're going to be tithing and involved in God's prosperity plan, there's some things that you need to do. One is you need to guard the words of your mouth. You need to speak the word of God concerning finances. And I just showed you to begin with in the New Testament how much there is and in the book of Proverbs and many other places in the word of God that we can quote. And, and so I like to quote Luke 6:38. I like to say this, and this is how I take guard my seed and part of my reaping is I give and it's given unto me good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give unto my bosom. And when I say that, I don't go around looking for somebody to give. Okay? I don't, uh, men give unto my bosom, see, that can be a job. Work, you know what work is? It's not like Maynard G. Cribs. Y'all remember Maynard G. Cribs? From Dobie Gillis. Every time the word work was said, he'd say, work. In other words, that's something for you, but not for me. But, but work, speaking words over that is work. Continuing to give is work. Re rejecting poverty talk is work. But then getting up and going out to your job is work. And listen, when you go out to that job and you work as unto the Lord, and that's the way you need to work, not as unto that boss, but as unto the Lord, I found out if you'll work as under the Lord, that boss is going to be more than satisfied with what goes on. And if anybody gets a raise, you'll get one. If anybody gets blessed on that job, you will too. God will cause things. And if that job ends up being a dead end, God will have a better job for you. God will take care of us if we'll just look to Him and trust in Him and help Him in this thing. See, what you sow may leave your hand, but it never leaves your life because you sow, you reap, you sow, you reap, you sow, you reap, you sow, you reap. You sow, you reap. It's not an overnight get-rich scheme. None of these things are. It's not an overnight scheme to get somebody to love you that's not loved you before. Okay? It's not something you do, well, I'll help, I'll help Wayne here just a little bit, and then Michael will come along and help me a lot. No, that's not what we're talking about. Even though that may happen. That, those kind of things may take place. But giving... And every area of your life, whatever it may be, is a way of life you commit to and walk in. I'm going to walk in this. I'm going to do this. Regardless of what may come or go, I'm going to do this. Let me share this quick story with you. When Loretta and I determined that we were going to tithe, this is in 1980. Now, I'd already been preaching 11 years. But in 1980, when we made up our mind that we were going to tithe regardless, folks, it was tough. But we began to come out. As I shared with you before, we were not on the bottom of the barrel. We were under the barrel just trying to get in the barrel. And if we didn't make a car payment at a certain time, we'd lose, I mean, this went on for a few months, we'd lose our automobile. If it didn't, wasn't made on that certain time before that time, we'd lose our automobile. And, and that's the, the kind of condition that we had got in financially and, and because we were not applying a truth that we knew. We made up our mind to do that, We'd go to the grocery store. We'd take the tithe out first. We'd go to the grocery store, and sometimes we wouldn't have but $20 to spend for groceries. You say, I just don't believe God wants us to be that way. Follow me what I'm telling you now. We didn't have sometimes $20 to spend for groceries. 
but we always had plenty. God took care of us, and God provided. And either I'd take out the tithe or she would, and one week we messed up, and neither one of us took the tithe out, and come Sunday morning I didn't have it, and she didn't have it. And I didn't know what to do. And it just crushed me. I mean, we'd committed to this. And, and so we went to church that morning, and I took that offering envelope, and, and I put that little bit of money that I had in my pocket in that, and I said, I'm tithing in faith. Never said nothing to anybody. Put that in offering. I worked a third shift job at that time, and I came in from work on Monday morning at 8 o'clock, and I noticed the flag was up on the mailbox, and I knew she wouldn't put nothing in it because she wasn't out that early. She got three kids in the house to take care of. She's not going to be out running around 8 o'clock in the morning. And I walked out to that mailbox and opened it to see what was in it. And there was an offering envelope, or, or, or an envelope in there that had money in it that just exactly equaled our tithe that we should have been given on Sunday morning. Wednesday night I got to church, I went right to the person I needed to and gave that tithe. Folks, we've always had a tithe. And we've always had seed to sow. And we've always had bread to eat. We've always had the things that we need in life. And what more can we require? The things we need. Now, our needs are a whole lot bigger, even though we don't have three children at home now. Our needs are a whole lot bigger today than what they've ever been. And it's because that we're givers. And we want to give. And we do give. And I encourage you to give. And walk in the blessings of God. You, you Listen. I'm not trying to get money out of you today. I'm trying to help you understand the Word of God so that money can get into you, so that blessings can come to you, so that blessings can abound to you. And, and, this, and understand that this is as much the Word of God as anything else is. So I want to encourage you in doing that today. I want you folks to know I love you and I thank God for you. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't beat you up and hold you out over a fire for anything in the world. I wouldn't do that. But we've got to understand what the Word of God says and not just leave it up to, to conjecture or whatever we think it ought to be. We've got to understand what God's Word says. And you could, I know you could easily say, well, that's just the way you feel about the Word of God. Well, I believe I have the mind of God on this. And uh, you pray about it before you come and differ with me, okay? And then we'll talk about it. And, and we'll see this thing together. But in the meantime, God loves us. God cares for us. And His blessings are upon us. Amen. Y'all stand with me just now.